You are listening to the No Formula Podcast, episode number 53. Welcome back to where we chat with a different entrepreneur every week, from app developers, sales experts, and coaches, to authors and social media influencers. We focus on their journeys, how they built their businesses, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Together, we confirm that there is no formula to success. I want to thank all the listeners that have been supporting the No Formula podcast. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to let me know what you think about the interviews and don't forget to subscribe. Katie Stodart changed her whole career path after attending just one hour of a coaching seminar. Now she helps entrepreneurs and executives with business performance. In this episode, Katie reveals tips on achieving high performance, including how to measure it, how to approach procrastination, and how to approach overworking. We discuss health, motivation, and techniques on how to stay focused. Connect with Katie Stodart on LinkedIn to learn more about the Focus Bee. In the meantime, keep listening to learn about the one thing that can keep you motivated every day. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for being on the No Formula podcast. Hi, Laura. Thank you for having me. Okay, I'm very excited because this interview is going to be a little bit different where I'm asking you questions, but then you have some questions for me. So a little bit different, but looking forward to it. I want to just kickstart this interview with your background. So right now you're a productivity and performance coach, correct? Mm -hmm, That's right. You used to be a data processor. So how did you get into coaching? Yes, that's a great question. I think the short story is basically that I'm really, really passionate about working with people. And I discovered this while I was an engineer. I did a free two-day course event that was related to coaching. Totally fell in love with coaching. And then signed up for the course, did the year course, and uh, quit my job as an engineer to set up my own business. So a two-day event just changed the whole trajectory of your career. That's one way of putting it. I would even (laughs) say probably the first hour, I literally walked in and thought, how come I didn't know there was a way to set goals? I've been setting goals my whole life, and I didn't know they had to be specific and measurable. Why didn't (laughs) anyone tell me this? Oh my God, that's amazing. I love how you made that decision so quickly. People struggle with making such a big career change. Was there something that helped you make that decision? I think it was gradually building up inside me that although I love science and mathematics and physics, I didn't particularly enjoy being on the software all day analyzing data. Mm. And I sort of felt intuitively that this wasn't my path forever. And I started looking around and journaling and I was I think when I joined the two-day course, I was ready. I was ready Mm. for that shift and that change. So it happened at the right moment. Okay. So it happened technically internally for a little while. And then as soon as you found this new opportunity, you were like, bye. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you also got um, a breakthrough award. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. It was an award from the Coaching Academy linked to how well I'd done with starting off as a coach and different testimonials and the progress I'd made as a beginner, as a coach. And so they basically look to all the different coaches they have and what they've done and they choose the ones that they find are, I don't like the word best, but maybe that are um, 
an you example for others or inspirational maybe is better oh okay because you can just say the best it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe in that because i don't think there's the best so yes okay oh well that's awesome congratulations on that thank you can you give us an example of a win that one of your customers have had okay i'm going through like the different ones in my head but i would say that maybe one example is one of my clients came to me uh totally lost in terms of careers mm. a bit like i had been and basically after a few sessions she had her aha moment and knew what she wanted to do and so that totally shifted her life and then she changed everything and then she was really radiating like mm -hmm. positive energy and enthusiasm i remember seeing that shift and feeling that was how i felt when i discovered coaching so it was really nice to give that to someone that would be one example i know it's not linked to productivity and performance but it was just a nice moment and i remember it fairly well do you normally help like entrepreneurs or or small business founders yes mostly entrepreneurs founders At the moment i'm also going down the corporate route and also helping executives and ceos mm. so yes founders executives entrepreneurs okay so you're a productivity and performance coach and i don't know if this is an ignorant question but i don't really know the difference to me they sound pretty similar so is it okay if you kind of define each like what makes them different absolutely so recently i've actually been just saying high performance coach because mm -hmm. the way i see it productivity is an under category of performance So for me, performance is a whole, it's a holistic approach. It's how you manage your energy throughout the day. It's your financial aspect of your business. It's how you lead your team. It also includes leadership. So it's basically everything that sort of highlights how well you're doing in your business and then also how well you're doing in your life. Because I firmly believe that if your performance in the business world is fantastic, but you have, for example, very poor health or poor relationships at home, then at one point that will impact your performance. So you can't just ignore it. So you so help my, with both sides. Yes. My coaching focuses on the business side mm -hmm. and sometimes people are happy with their private lives or they don't want to go into it. But generally here and there, there'll be small bits that come in because you can't totally separate both. Yeah. Especially when you're the founder of a business, it's very much almost all your life. It takes up so much time. Exactly. And the productivity side for me is how you manage your time and your attention. So mm -hmm. managing time and attention is a part of how well you do in your business. But there's a lot of other things that, that are included in the performance. Okay. So is there a way to measure productivity or performance that is kind of like generalized for everybody? Like if I get four things done today, am I productive? I think that's a very interesting question and I do believe it's very important to measure progress mm -hmm. in productivity, performance and other areas. I don't think there's one way. I'm working on building a model that would help to measure this. Uh, I think performance, you can choose different criteria. So you can choose financially how well you're doing. You can choose how your team is collaborating. If you have a team, you can choose how you're managing your energy. So different things to measure your performance. And with productivity, I think it's similar because you define your criteria beforehand. So you think, for example, I'll ask you, 
what would make you feel that you've had a productive week? I know. I think I struggle with this because every time I have some free time, I'm like, oh, I can do more. And then I add more tasks because I think that's what will make me, I guess, fulfilled, you know? Um, But I, I think it also has to do with results. If I see the results at the end of the week, then I know that it was a productive week. Interesting. I think that's one way of doing it, but also sometimes the results don't necessarily happen Mm -hmm. straight after productive week. So you might have an amazing productive week where, for example, you've booked a lot of different people for interviews, but none of them happened that week. So you still did great, but you don't have the result immediately. And I think to come back to what you were saying to begin with in terms of what makes a week productive and that free time that you sometimes fill in with tasks. For me, it feels that if ahead of time you have a balanced view of what you'd like to achieve that week that isn't too impossible and overly challenging and takes up too much time, but not too easy, then achieving those tasks would make you productive. But if for whatever reason you have more spare time, that's when I think it's quite important to take a break. Because if you've already told yourself that that was, for example, your objectives for the day and you finished and it's 4 p.m. and you were just super efficient that day, I mean, sure, you can and you can always do more. But then how do you set the limit otherwise? Mm -hmm. And I guess it's important to set the limits on a daily basis. That's how I feel, at least. Is that one of the issues you see amongst all of your clients? Like, is there one overarching setback that people have with productivity for me i tend to see like the two extremes which is either they struggle to get work done at all which Mm -hmm. is more on the procrastination side of things or they overwork and get burned out so it tends to be one of those two extremes so either help people to get motivated get going and get stop the procrastination loop Mm -hmm. or and actually more likely because they tend to be hyperachievers, if they're burnt out, how to manage their energy and how to realize the well-being is a really important aspect of productivity. And productivity isn't just ticking tasks off Mm -hmm. and we're not robots. And so understanding the importance of sleep, for example, or eating well. Sometimes people who want to be very productive might just grab a takeaway every time so they don't have to cook, so they have more hours to work. But then the food that you eat can produce cortisol in your body, which is a form of stress, which will diminish your intellectual abilities, which will impact then your productivity. Whereas if you just cooked a few vegetables, it might take you 20 minutes, but that will produce serotonin in your body, which will make you feel more relaxed and then you'll be more efficient. I was going to ask you that too, on how exercise and eating affects your productivity during the day. Yes, that's huge. So if you don't mind me asking you, can you tell me what you eat in a day to keep yourself productive? To give just an idea for the listeners who might be on this path where they're overworking and not thinking about food in that way. Sure. So generally, so I have porridge every single morning. I have oats Mm -hmm. and generally with uh, nuts and dried fruits and berries and hot water generally i don't even use like uh, vegan milk or normal Mm -hmm. milk it's just like with water 
that's what I have for breakfast. Then for lunch, I generally prepare my lunch the day before. And that's mostly vegetables with uh, some form of complex carb, like rice, and maybe some um, vegetarian sort of protein like lentils or chickpeas. So typically it could be, let's say, a chickpea curry with rice. Mm-hmm. That would be a typical lunch. I have some fruits sometimes during the day and some nuts. And then in the evening, it's pretty similar to lunch. So it tends to be vegetables, some carbs, some yeah pulses. I like to add seeds and nuts on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm not vegan, although probably 90% of my diet is plant-based. But yeah, maybe in the evening, I'll do a pad thai and add an egg to it or a risotto or something like that. Okay, so for everyone who's overworking, that's just an idea of what you could eat in a day. And for the procrastinator who can't get themselves to start working, what advice would you tell them? Okay, so procrastination is a big topic and it's Mm -hmm. very common. Uh, It depends if we're looking at procrastination long term, so something you've been putting off for days and days and weeks, Hmm. or procrastination on the day you just don't feel like doing it because that's sort of two different things. Can you go into each one? I'm so curious about this. Okay. So let's look at the, the daily ones. So let's say you told yourself today you'd edit this podcast episode and you just don't feel like it. Okay. So I think it's quite important. This is my own personal view to also a bit go with our own energy and flow. So maybe for whatever reason, you might have not slept well, So I'm not like against procrastination full stop. If really that day you just don't feel like it and it's not urgent, I'm like, sure. Where where I think it becomes uh, an issue is if it's procrastinated over and over again. So if you just Mm -hmm. put it off once, even maybe to a few hours later, take a bit of a break, tune into the energy, have some fresh air and then go back and do it. Fine. But if you're procrastinating it every day, that means there's a blockage around it. And then it's important to look, what's the blockage? Is it because you don't exactly know what you need to do? Let's say it's the first time you edit a podcast episode. You're a bit overwhelmed by all the information. Then you need to break it down. Is it that you're afraid? You're afraid the result won't be good. You're perfectionist. Then you need to tap into that. Overcome Mm -hmm. the perfectionism. Overcome the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. That can be another reason. There's a lot of different blockages that can happen that block us and prevent us from doing certain tasks. And until we actually confront them and realize, okay, I have a blockage on this, what's going on? And what can I do to make it easier? Then we can actually overcome that procrastination. And the easiest way is just to find the first simple, small step you can do in that direction. So the idea is to get the momentum going. Okay, so let's say I don't feel like editing this podcast after. Uh, the first step would like be opening my laptop. Okay, that would be like the very, very that- first step if you don't have your laptop. But let's say the first step towards editing, it may be re-listening to the first five minutes or mm-hmm. maybe Googling how to edit a podcast episode mm-hmm. and writing it down. And then that could be it for the day. If it's something you've procrastinated for a while, then the, just the next day you do the next small step. Mm-hmm. And then you said sometimes when you procrastinate on the day, does that, does that mean that you may not have taken enough breaks? That's what that means? 
So like I maybe, like maybe, maybe it could be, that could be one reason. Exactly. Lack of energy. Yeah. So maybe like you're, cause sometimes I feel like that happens to me sometimes where for like four days, I'll go crazy for four days. And by the fifth day, I'm like, damn it, I don't feel like doing this. But then I'm like, wait, I also didn't take any breaks. Right. So is there a way or kind of like, I don't know, a formula, if you would say, um, on how many breaks you should take? Or I know it's dependent on the person, but should we be taking breaks every day? Should we be taking long breaks, short breaks? Is there kind of something that you can shed light on about that? Yes, I'm happy to talk about breaks. I think uh, taking pauses, breaks, sleep, all of that is super important. And that's sort of my motto, like being productive and having high performance, but Mm -hmm. being also relaxed and enjoying the journey and not just getting burnt out. So breaks are a very important part here. So the way I've seen and read about it, a lot of the time there's this Pomodoro technique where you take a five minute break every half an hour. So they're the short breaks. And then you can, for example, have three Pomodoros in a row. So half an hour work, five minute break, half an hour work, five minute break, half an hour work, five minute break. And after that, take a 20 minute break. So every hour and a half, a 20 minute break. What I generally think works best is if you experiment. Experiment Mm -hmm. how long you can work for before you start feeling tired. And ideally, catch it just before you start feeling tired. So while you still have some energy, but you're about to get out, you're about to go on Facebook or do something or procrastinate. At that moment, you leave the computer. You go for a quick break, have some water, mm-hmm. don't touch the phone uh, just because that depletes your attention and take as long as you need. So you might only need two, three minutes and just move your body around a bit and sit down again. Or maybe it's later on in the day and you're a bit more tired. Then you can have a 20 minute break. The Pomodoro, is that what it's called? Yes, Pomodoro, okay. yes. So that technique, do you use that technique? I've used it. I Now I'm at a stage where I just uh, sense how I'm feeling. And if I need a break, I get up. Oh, okay, okay. Because I feel like that one, I would always be looking at the time. You know, like, oh, is it five minutes? Or, oh, is it 20 <laughs> minutes? You know, I feel, I don't know. Because when I was in school, and I don't, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But when I was in school, I would work really, really late at night, like 11 o'clock to 4 a.m., something like that. But I would work nonstop because everyone's asleep. There's nothing going on. It was the perfect time for me to just do my thing. But I can't really do that now because I have a nine to five job. So not ideal. And so I have to cater to like, okay, getting up at eight or seven, doing my things in the day. So I'm kind of going against what I'm nor- what I'm used to, right? But so let's say I came to you and I'm your client. How would you tell me to adjust my schedule when it's such a drastic shift? Okay, that's a great point. So generally, I don't tell my clients anything. Oh, okay. I ask them questions. Oh, okay. The telling part comes when I'm doing a webinar, an interview, mm. writing articles. So if my clients want any sort of information on how to overcome procrastination or how to change their shift from mm-hmm. night owl to morning, they, they can find information. But so probably the question I'd ask mm-hmm. is what would be the best compromise you could do in order to adapt your natural rhythm with what you are doing now? So 
you're asking me how I would shift. What would make it easier for you? Hmm. Well, just to give you perspective, I graduated four years ago and I'm still asking this question <laughs> because I've tried, I think I've tried several things. I've tried waking up early, going to bed mm -hmm. earlier. Mm -hmm. And although that does work for me most of the time, I feel like it's going against like what's natural. Um, but maybe starting my day later would help. Okay. So they would just let's say it would start at 10 instead and then just work later like that. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that, that means that you have to start at nine? Well, my manager works in the UK, so I have to get up at a certain time before he ends his, his day, right? So that's like our overlap. But I think, like, I guess if there was a way for me to start later, I guess I could have asked so that it would be more natural, right? huh, you really don't tell me anything. It's all about this question. <laughs> because you know, you hmm. know that what you need to do. I mean, I could say start later or go to bed earlier or whatever it is, but I'm not in your world. And mm -hmm. I think what happens is that coaches that maybe go too much down the mentoring line is they get empowered by telling other people what to do. Now, I don't mind telling other people what to do when I'm being interviewed on a podcast or a mm -hmm. webinar or, and I'm just talking about what do you do if you procrastinate? Okay, here's what you do. But mm -hmm. when it's an individual situation, you know your situation, you know your options. So I'm just asking you to like pause and reflect on them because often mm -hmm. we have issues and we're just like, oh, this is bugging me, but we don't actually stop and we don't actually think, okay, what can I really do about this? Mm -hmm. And as soon as you do that, you get answers. You don't need someone to tell you. Yeah. So it's about reflection. Reflection huh. and change of perspective. Because a lot of the times when I'm coaching, I mm. might force a question in a certain way and you'll think, oh, I've never looked at it that way before. Okay. And I guess that kind of helps you shift from whatever was bothering you. And you can start thinking of solutions. Mm -hmm. Is there a secret to staying motivated every day? The main thing that comes up generally in terms of motivation is the connection with your why and your purpose and your mission. So generally, the stronger your purpose, the stronger your mission, the, the easier it will be for you to be motivated. I like this quote by Viktor Frankl, which is a strong why can bear almost any how. What's your why? My why? Yeah. That's a great question. I have like a very, I want to say simple one, simple in the formula, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I basically just want to make people happy. And that's my why. That's why. That's a good why. Yeah. That's a very good why. I okay. Want people happy and in peace. And so everything mm -hmm. I do is towards helping either individual people through my coaching or if it's through talks or anything else. For me, productivity, performance. It all goes hand in hand with mindfulness and with well-being and just let's enjoy life, you know. So far, mm -hmm. as far as I know, we only have one. So let's make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes into um, your section of questions that you sent me. And you actually already asked me one of them. So I'll go to the next one. And that is, how do you manage your focus on a daily basis? And what I really like about this question is that 
you use focus because that is part of productivity, part of performance. Is, is there actually a formula where you, all these kind of work together that you can tell us about? I love this. I love focus. My brand is the focus B. I'm all about focus. I'm writing a book on focus. Mm -hmm. So how to manage your focus uh, on a daily basis. Okay. So the best way is before you begin your day, set an intention before mm -hmm. you've even turned on the computer, before you've done anything, you already decide that you're going to stay focused and what you want to be focused on so that's where you write your three main outcomes for the day so that already sort of tells your brain this is what i'm working on today so you already have a direction then when you begin you start the, your day with the most important task the more you can delay emails and social media the better and this is because generally we have more attention at the beginning of the day and emails and social media and, and phone also, if you can delay turning on your phone, all of it, uh, takes up a lot of attention. Might only take five minutes of time, but it takes up a lot of attention. So that's one really essential thing. Start with your most important task. Then you have regular breaks. So when you begin, you look at the time. You don't have to do the Pomodoro, but be mindful of your energy. And when you start to feel it's depleting, take a break. And this is generally water, hydration, eat healthily like we've been through. Obviously, it's good if you can start your day with exercise before all of this because it helps you to be focused. And then you can sort of continue your task. While you're working, only do one thing at once. And mm -hmm. preferably, if you can, close all the other tabs. This makes it easier for your brain to just focus on one thing. That makes sense. So that would be how your morning goes. Then I think it's very important to have a lunch break, at least half an hour to give a moment just to leave your brain time to re-energize. And I think that's it. And eliminate all external and internal distractions as much as you possibly can. So for external distractions, that's things like notifications or people coming into your room or your office or calls. If possible, have moments for your most important task where your phone is off, you're not reachable, the office door says you're occupied. That's good for external distractions. And for internal distractions, that's if you're feeling stressed or preoccupied. Then it's great, obviously, to meditate. That's one of the most important things in terms of focus. And to write it down. So if you're struggling with an issue, like write it down, keep it on the side, close it, journal on it. The idea is to empty your mind of all preoccupation and empty the computer and everything else of all external stimulus. Mm -hmm. So literally all there is, is you and your task or you and the conversation like we are. Like I closed my emails before we spoke because I know that just an email notification would do a small sound, which might uh, for a moment shift my focus. And mm -hmm. the idea is to do what I'm doing right now in this conversation, but all through the day. I like that. And then also, do you think that it's possible? Is it realistic to stay focused every single day for all three tasks that we have every single day? Okay, I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. to be focused on your three tasks every single day. Mm -hmm. I do not think it's possible 
to be focused all day long. So okay. if these three tasks take you two hours each, I think it's possible that every single day through having, you know, decent sleep, exercising. I've all, I'm also into cold showers recently. I've been doing mm-hmm. a month pretty much of cold showers. Uh, all these things will contribute to your focus and maybe you'll manage those three tasks or more and be focused. But if you're working from eight till eight, it's not realistic that you'll be focused the whole day, even with breaks. So even with uh, breaks, there's a few exceptions. There's some people who have astounding abilities for focus, but mostly I think our brain just gets distracted or wants an, a dopamine but, you know, mm-hmm. rush. And I think that prevents us from being fully focused the entire day. But I don't think that's what matters. I don't think what matters is to be totally focused all day. I think what matters is to achieve what you set out to do at the beginning of the day, having your why in mind. So let's say, Laura, you're passionate about your podcast having more visibility because you feel it'll help entrepreneurs to grow their business. And Mm -hmm. this is something you really love and you're really passionate about. Great. And then you set out with your three tasks for the day that are related to this. Mm -hmm. Interviewing one person for your podcast, looking into outsourcing some of the editing and a few other things. So if you manage to do those three tasks and they significantly move you forward, then does it really matter if you had one hour during the day where you weren't quite as focused after lunch? Hmm, Yeah, that makes sense. And I also, the reason why I asked that is because like I have my nine to five job, right? So in my head, whenever I do my three tasks per day, that's one task. That's like an eight hour task, right? Because I'm doing things for that. But then I'll add two other tasks. So maybe one for like, oh, today I'll try cooking a new meal or I will work on the podcast or whatever. So that you touch upon that too, because that's where the working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. kind of comes in and just doesn't make any sense. So yeah. It makes a lot of sense, but it won't won't be possible to maintain a rhythm like that with high levels of productivity. You'll have days where it's off and you'll have moments during the day where your energy drops. And I think it's important in those moments to just follow that flow because I think we've all felt this sort of pushing inside us. No, no, I really want to do this task. I'll manage, you know, I'll just take another cup of coffee. It's okay. I could do it. Mm -hmm. But then it might take you one hour to do something you would have done in 10 minutes. So in that moment, it's best to take a break, do a bit of cooking, do some yoga stretch, go for a walk, preferably anything away again from the phone and the computer, just Mm -hmm. because this depletes our attention, but something relaxing, do some meditation, read a book. I do this sometimes. I stop in the middle of my day and go read a book outside. Well, yeah, that helps. And that's what you need to do. And I feel productive when I do this because it regenerates my energy. And generally I'm reading coaching books. So it's like a (laughs) win-win. Like I'm learning stuff and I'm having a break and I'm outside. I mean, it's all like win, 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 win. And I'm practicing what I preach about breaks. It's all good. So I don't think we need to feel guilty when we're having breaks or when we're not feeling efficient. And you think we need to notice it and do something about it that makes us feel better. And then when we start working again, will be a lot more efficient there's no there's no point in forcing through that mm-hmm. and I like that you said it's what makes you feel better because that kind of goes into your why but then also goes into like what fulfills you right if you're not focusing on the tasks that are directly linked to your why then maybe you're working on the wrong thing okay I'm understanding yay 
And then you have uh, one last question here. I'm just going to read it out loud. What would you like to improve in how you manage your time? Yes. So that would be my question to you. Yeah. And I really like this question because it really got me thinking. I'm like, what would I improve? And because I think I'm pretty good at managing my time when I know I have a lot of things to do, I can get them done. But that's not really what you're saying in your question. You're saying like, how would you like to improve everything surrounding around how you manage time? And I think it's to take more breaks. Nice. I think I, that's what I came up with. Take more breaks and not feel guilty about it. I think that's, that works, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the key. Managing to take more breaks and not have that guilt mm-hmm. can be really difficult when you're very driven and you're ambitious and you're pushing yourself and you're a hyperachiever. And that's why I promote it so much because so many people actually struggle with taking breaks. Aside from the procrastinators that they're always on breaks and they struggle to do something. Mm-hmm. But aside from them, most people really struggle to take a break. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I have one last question for you, Katie. This, I, I'm really curious as to how you're going to answer this. I ask this to all my guests. This is called the No Formula Podcast because there's no single formula to success, okay? What do you think is your formula that got you to where you are today? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Even though it's a No Formula Podcast, you still want my formula. I want your formula because it's your formula that would be different from anyone else's. I think I would say constantly readapting. So I hmm. feel ever since I've started my business, I have the thought pretty much every Monday or every first of the month, like yesterday was the first of September. Okay, let's start again. Literally, <laughs> I have that thought. Let's start again all the time, all the time. On Mondays, on the first of the month, on yeah, mostly Mondays and the first of the month. What do you mean by restarting? Sorry, now I'm going to ask you other questions. <laughs> <laughs> so generally, this is what I mean by ad- adapting. Generally, yeah. I'm not restarting. I yeah. might just, for example, I did this today. I took my Excel sheet where I track everything I do in my business and I changed it. And I copied it in another sheet and I, I even changed the colors and I changed the way I do it. But it's kind of the same. So as I re-adapt and change with time, Something that might have taken me three hours when I put it in place might take me 10 minutes to tweak. And the reason why is because I change. So Mm. I might want to be coaching more in this direction or coaching more entrepreneurs and then I go more towards business. Or now, for example, I just started my podcast that I can mention here, the Focus B show that I just started. And so that changes how I manage my time. And that adds another column of uh, podcast interview. So I feel like I'm constantly readapting which is both in some ways makes me feel like I'm never there. But I also think it's nice because at one point when I did feel, oh, okay, I've got this all sussed and it was like on, on repeat mode, Mm -hmm. then I got really bored. So after about two weeks, I was like, no, this repeat thing, I have to change it. And so I just constantly shift and change um, how I manage my time. Mm -hmm. Like I tried the Pomodoro and then I tried Toggle 
at the moment I'm pretty happy with doing everything in Outlook calendar. So I don't think I'm going to change that much, but I'm just constantly shifting and adapting and changing. And for me, I think that's not only my way towards success. I think that's also success in itself when you're constantly readapting, because if you just stand still the way you are, then you're no longer growing. You're not learning new stuff. You're not putting new things in practice. You're just a sort of status quo. Then not only you're not going to feel as fulfilled because you feel like it's constant and then probably your income, you're not really going to be able to scale because you're just like, oh, I'm okay with just this level and you just sort of stay there. So I feel that this constant readapting, rechanging, plus technology change, the world changed, you know, COVID happened, everyone had to reinvent everything. You can't just continue the same all the time. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'd probably say that. I love that message. And I love that you emphasize that it's also because you change and you adapt to your new needs. I love that. Yes. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being here on the No Formula podcast. And um, I'm definitely going to keep in touch with you because I want to see your podcast thrive and also your book. Yes. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. It flew by. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Before ending this episode, I want to highlight three takeaways from my conversation with Katie. First, to know if you were productive one day or one week, you need to define what productivity means to you. Katie emphasizes that the results of tasks don't necessarily happen right away, so don't get productivity and results mixed up. Two, Katie emphasizes the importance of setting limits every single day and that breaks are very necessary to be productive. Three, Katie's formula to success is to constantly readapt. I like how she highlighted that we need to adapt constantly because as humans, we are always changing. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.